Holy Spirit. Two hundred and fifty passengers were aboard ITA Airways Flight 609 as it tore through the sky at 38,000 feet on its way from JFK International Airport in New York City to Rome on April 30th of last year. About seven hours into the flight, as, as the plane had entered French airspace, air traffic controllers tried to contact the plane, but the pilots didn't respond. As the controllers continued to call out to the plane and not receive any response, they became increasingly concerned. French authorities reached out to the airline's control center in Rome, and Italian controllers tried to call the pilots by satellite phone. Again, no response. At this point, authorities issued a terror alert, and they began to scramble military jets to intercept this plane. Communications between French authorities and airline officials in Rome became frantic. The passenger manifest began to be sent to, to French authorities so that they could comb through it for possible hijackers or terrorists that could be on the plane. And then, all of a sudden, the captain's voice crackled through the radio. He claimed he'd experienced a problem with his radio communications. There was an international sigh of relief after verifying the pilot was actually in control of this plane and there was no security threat and flight 609 was allowed to continue on towards Rome. But the captain's explanation sounded far-fetched and later investigations revealed that while this plane was on autopilot, while this plane was traveling 550 miles an hour through the sky, the co-pilot and the pilot had both fallen asleep. Jesus commands us in the gospel today, keep awake. <laughs> this gospel reading is about the arrival of the kingdom of God, and Jesus said, it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge. And the, la and the man's last order to the doorkeeper, keep awake. And then Jesus turns his attention to his followers and gives directions that apply even to you and me today. And Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. So here's my question. Are we awake? Or are we simply flying through our lives on autopilot? Do you know what's going on around you? Or to frame this a little differently, do you know who is around you? Let's take a little test for a moment. Do you know the four people sitting closest to you? The person on your right, on your left, in front of you, and behind you. You can take a moment to look. Do you know their names? You don't have to confess it if you don't. Now, I hope for those of you who are sitting next to your spouse, you at least scored a 25% on that little quiz. 
New York Times columnist David Brooks recently wrote a book called How to Know a Person, in which he contends that so many of us go through life on autopilot, never really seeing those around us. David Brooks recalls a morning in Washington, D.C., sitting at his dining room table, reading a book. When his wife opened the front door, he remembered her pausing in the doorway, the sunlight streaming in behind her. She turned her gaze to an orchid on a table by the door, and she looked at it as she mused about something. David recalled that in that moment, he was overwhelmed with the sensation that he knew this woman, he really knew her through and through. As he later explained it, he knew the radiance of her character, the patterns of her way of being, her moments of fierceness and insecurity. David had this revelation that when you really know someone, you can at least a little bit see the world through their eyes. David said the one word he could think of to describe this moment in his life was beholding. Beholding. He was beholding his wife. He was filled with appreciation and gratitude as he gazed at her and as he really knew her. Are you or I, I wonder, willing to behold someone, anyone? You see, I believe that in order to really behold someone, we must first slow down. We must look at them. We must have enough curiosity to cause us to pause our busy lives and simply be in someone else's presence. And I know that's hard for us to do. Our culture, frankly, is constantly encouraging us to rush on to the next thing. The day after Halloween, it's time to get ready for Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving, it's time to get ready for Christmas. I bet the day after Christmas, it'll be time to get ready for Easter. It's so difficult to escape the hustle and bustle, the parties, the decorations we're putting up around our houses, the cards we need to write, the presents we need to buy. But we're told to slow down sometimes, to behold another. Jesus said, keep awake. Keep awake to why this season really matters, to what is really going on around you, to the people who you meet each day. While our culture calls us to this giant rush, this endless rat race, we have the invitation to do something different in the church. We have Advent, when we can practice slowing down, when we can practice preparing for the coming of Christ, when we can practice being present in this moment right here. And at this church, at St. John's, we're using this season as an opportunity to think about how we can simplify our lives, worrying 
a little less about mistakes from the past and stressing a little bit less about challenges in the future, but instead practicing being present, keeping aware of what God is doing right now and what God is calling us to do right now. About a week ago, I received a letter from a parishioner, Harry Easterly, in which he mused on a previous sermon I preached. Harry wrote, This is what so many people want, to be heard. Not fixed, corrected, judged, or even applauded. When we can get that kind of hearing, something important happens inside us we get a chance to see someone else's soul. I called Harry yesterday after rereading this letter and I asked him if he would preach this sermon for me. <laughs> Harry declined, but he gave me permission to share his letter. He is so correct. We are given this phenomenal gift, a world of people who we can come to know, to really know. But in order to do that, we must first learn to listen, to really be present with others, to really empathize with others, to really behold those around us. Unfortunately, like the pilots of Flight 609, so many of us are asleep so much of the time. We're on cruise control, going through each day, oblivious to the lives of those around us. Our country is facing an epidemic of people who feel unseen and unheard. The data clearly bears this out. Rates of depression have skyrocketed in recent years. Suicide rates are up by 30%. More than one in three Americans feel frequently alone. More than half of American teenagers feel despondent and helpless most of the time. And the number of people who say they have no close friends has quadrupled in recent years. Somehow, we have forgotten one of the central claims of our faith. The Bible tells us that you and I, and frankly, every person we meet in our lives is made in the image of God. And if we really remembered that, don't you think we would be better at slowing down and listening to people? Don't you think we would stop more often and look someone else in the eye? C.S. Lewis wrote, there are no ordinary people you have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life to ours is the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. In other words, it is when you are looking into the eyes of your neighbor that you can see a glimpse of the divine. You can see someone made in the image of God. And we need to practice doing that, really looking at our neighbors, remembering 
who they are made in the image of and remembering that God loves them. We need to remember that it is through the compassion of others, through the generosity of others, through the selflessness of others, that we can tangibly see God's love at work in the world about us. And yet what is so clear is unless we make a real effort, unless we exert concerted energy and attention, most of us fail at this task most of the time. A professor from the University of Texas conducted a study recently in which he found that when we meet someone new and when we're listening to what that person is saying, we accurately understand what is going on inside that person's head only 20% of the time. Most of us are not very good listeners. Most of us are not very good at being present with others. I recently heard a story about an elderly man who'd become concerned about his wife's hearing. Knowing that she was in the next room, he decided to perform a sort of amateur auditory test. Sitting in his recliner in front of the TV, he said, hey honey, can you bring me a beer? Silence. He walked to the door of the kitchen and saw his wife standing over the sink with her back to him. Speaking louder, he said, hey honey, can you bring me a beer? He didn't hear any response. He moved so that he was standing right over her shoulder and he shouted in his wife's ear, hey honey, can you bring me a beer? And, and his wife shouted back, for the third time, you can get your own darn beer. Most of us are really good at shouting about what we want, but we fail to hear other people, to really see other people, to know and to behold the people who God puts in our lives. We aren't willing to slow down enough or empathize enough so that we can really understand the world through someone else's eyes, from someone else's perspective. And if we don't slow down, if we don't really behold those around us, there is so much in this life that we will miss. Mary and Philip, my two-and-a-half-year-old son, went out to California to spend two weeks to celebrate with Mary's family for Thanksgiving and to be on, on her family's dairy farm out there. I called Mary on Friday two days ago to see how she and Philip were doing. And she put me on speakerphone and Philip started to tell me about the animals that he was seeing, the pigs and the, and the goats and the cows. And as we were talking, I sneezed. And Philip said to me, Daddy, why you do that? And I told him, well, Daddy is allergic to dogs and I've been playing with our dog, Winston. On the other end of the phone, I heard Philip turn to Mary and explain, Daddy allergic dogs. <laughs> I, I chuckled at the moment, but there also was a second there where I almost felt a tear welling up in my eye. When, I thought, did Philip learn to talk like this? I don't think he could have said that phrase even two weeks ago when he flew out to California. When did I miss this? 
Have I been on autopilot? Have I been somehow sleeping through Philip's childhood? We live in a time when so many of us are on autopilot, sleeping our way through life, unwilling or unable to behold the people around us. We live in a world where we see other people as customers or as obstacles or as problems that need to be solved. We rarely see each other truly as people. Isn't that at the core of the problem in the Middle East? Isn't that at the core of the problem when we see this political division in our, in our country? Isn't that at the heart of the problem in our own lives, yours and mine, when we try to decide who is with me and who is against me, who agrees with me and who disagrees with me, who I respect and who isn't worth my time of day? Jesus tells us to act differently. Jesus tells us to keep awake. Truly see those around you. Really listen to those around you. Look at them. Behold them. Keep awake. Amen.